This is Joe Basso from Music Radar, the place for music makers. I'm speaking with guitarist John Five. John, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. Talk to me about the making of your new record, uh, which is called Requiem. It comes out in a few weeks. How long did it take you from top to bottom to put together, and what kind of demoing process did you do with it? Well, I um, started... I, I love to work, so I'm always doing... Um, working on music and things like that but most of it got written and demoed up um not really demoed up but written on the road when we were on tour with ozzy it's uh rob zombie ozzy osborne and right. so because a lot of the time you know you don't really do much when you're on tour you know there's a lot of downtime so i try to take advantage of that downtime as much as possible so i would just all I did was I had a mini cassette recorder and a, uh, a metronome, and I would just record. And it was um, that's how I mostly did everything. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and took advantage of my time off on the uh, on the road. Now, when you say a metronome, were you recording, you know, basically keeper tracks? Uh... I I would just. Um, the reason I would use a metronome is because I would always use, you know, try to do crazy solos, and sometimes that doesn't work when you are, uh, if you don't have a metronome, because you, you know, it's very easy to get fooled if, like, something's too fast or too slow, so I always like to play with a metronome. But, uh, no, I just had a little mini cassette recorder. I didn't do any kind of pro tools or anything like that on the road. One, I don't know how to do that, and, uh, two, I just didn't have that, um, that studio set up on the road. So I just did it old school style with a little mini cassette recorder. Who are some of the musicians that are on the record? Um, actually, I had a lot of guest uh, players on the last couple records, but this one, I just kept it, you know, like um, total, you know, just myself and the drummer was um, the drummer in Rob Zombie. His name is Tommy Clafetis. And, uh, we just kept it real, you know, just, uh, you know, I just did most of the stuff, and, and we have a little keyboards on there, and our, you know, the producer, Chris Baseford, did the um, keyboards, but it's, you know, I'd say, like, you know, most of it's all me, so uh, I just, you know, most of this record was done when I was flying in and out of town, so, um, you know, I didn't have the luxury of having some of my buddies come in and play on the, on the record, you know? To no Albert Lee this time or anything like that? No Albert Lee this time. A lot of the music is, uh, a lot of the heavy music is very symphonic in nature. It's very grand. Uh, do you listen to much classical music? Um, I like to, you know, really listen to everything. And I, I like to, you know, I love listening to everything. Just on my iPod, it's just like there's, you know, I like to just put on shuffle, and there's everything under the sun on there. You know, it's just there's classical and you know country, and of course heavy rock stuff, and you know all sorts of stuff. Because so, you know, I just like having a little variety when I'm listening to music, and so I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate everything. That's for sure. Talk to me about some of the country tracks on the record. You know, how how do you get in the mood? How do you go from playing a volcanic piece of metal like uh, Sounds of Impalement uh, to, you know, some of the Grand old Opry Bonanza stuff like Pity Belt? Yeah, I, I like, you know, sorry, that's my dog barking in the background. 
Um, I like doing a lot of, um, you know, when I'm doing a lot of rock stuff, it's it gets tiresome of of just doing that same old rock thing. So I like to um, change it up a little bit with my with some uh, picking. It's just like you know you don't want to just watch uh, horror movies all the time. You know you want to change it up. You know with some you know different kind of movies. But uh, you know so I like to uh, break out into you know some different styles and like Pair of Anguish is just a uh, it's just just like a bluegrass tune. You know something like that. So it's uh it's fun, you know, it's just fun to change it up a little bit. It's really, it's good for me, too, because it makes me want to, you know, just play guitar all the time. What kind of guitars are you using on the, you know, the metal tracks? I don't get the feeling that you're using your Telecaster. I am. I'm using, oh, um, yeah, I'm just using my John 5 Telecasters on, I'd say, 95% of the record, you know. It doesn't, hit, I mean, it does not sound like a Telecaster on the metal stuff. I know, that's what everybody says, and that's what's cool. That's what, uh... That's what, uh, you know, like, uh, even on the last tour, Ozzy would be like, that's a Telecaster, you know, and getting that sound. So it's, you know, it's neat. I like that stuff. I, l- I like everything to be a little different, you know. I, I always like things a little odd and a little <laughs> different. Well, you're a little different. Um, yeah. Now, legend has it that you were inspired to pick up the guitar after seeing uh, Buck Owens on the TV show Hee Haw. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So you must have been a little kid then. Now, so what was it about all that picking and a grinning that uh, that affected you so much? I, I really remember this certain thing, and I bought the old Hee Haw episodes, and I'm looking for this kid that inspired me. It was an epiphany in my life, you know, and I remember it was this little boy, and he had to be like, you know, eight or nine or ten, you know, I, I you know, I'm guessing, and he just played the banjo so well. And I was so blown away by, you know, when I was a kid, you yeah. know, I was like, oh, my God, look at this kid do this. Because, you know, the only thing I knew the kids that they did was just pick their nose, you know. <laughs> but this kid was amazing. And um, a lot of things, you know, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you pick up a lot of things and they yeah. stick in your head. And... You know, you remember all the uh, women, too, like had big, crazy jugs in that, you know, uh, on that show, too. And so that's, you know, I love that, too. So I think there's... Uh, it was very little out know, there. Yeah, hee-haw scarred me. How did you discover hard rock and heavy metal? And, and was it a weird dichotomy for you? Because, you know, I'm sure a lot of metal players would say that all that country stuff was just, you know, goofy hillbilly music. Well, you know, I think that... I loved Kiss, you know, and I loved Jimi Hendrix when I was a little, little kid, you know, and I just loved my monster magazines and all that stuff, so I really um, appreciated, you know, those things, and, you know, Kiss and Hendrix were, you know, pretty heavy in in those times, you know, and I just um, really got drawn to that, you know. But I really, you know, still appreciated country music a lot, you know, in the back of my head. I always, like, really enjoyed it. And that's why when I put out my records, I wanted to make it a little different. You know, I wanted to not just make crazy heavy rock guitar instrumental music because a lot of people do that, you know. So I wanted to uh, switch it up a little bit and put some, you know, what's the most... Uh, opposite of heavy rock music is country music so I put 
that in there with a, you know, kind of a heavy rock feel. And uh, I think that's what gained some attention because it was, it's like speaking another language because for guitar players, it's a totally different animal. What kind of uh, formal training did you have? I mean, you know, were you just learning from records? Did you have teachers? Well, I would always take lessons. I always took lessons. And I loved to learn something new, you know, every other day just to keep it fresh, you know, for myself. So I would always take lessons. And that's what I've done my whole life is just um, found teachers and took lessons and found instructional tapes and now DVDs and things like that. So I'm a, you know, I love the knowledge you know, as much as I can get. But did you think at the time that, like, okay, I have this other side to me, you know, that other rock guitarists don't have, and that's going to, that's going to propel me in a different way? I didn't, to tell you the truth. I had no idea. I had no idea until, because I was so into the rock, you know, thing like that. But I always, you know, I played a little bit, and I could, I understood it, you know. But I didn't understand, like, wow, I could really, you know, I can really do this thing until, you know, I was in Katie Lang and I saw what, you know, how great it could be to do this um, type of playing. And I remember, you know, just that's all I played and practiced and played and practiced because I was, you know, I, I was pretty good at it. So I could just, you know, it was fun for me. It wasn't like so impossible where I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. But there was this um, multi-instrumentalist we had in Katie Lang, and he played lap steel and banjo and fiddle and guitar, you know, uh, um, played all these instruments so well, and all he did was practice, and he really inspired me a lot, you know, it was like, it was like, you know, after I play all this crazy rock, uh, all this crazy guitar music, then I would go to Lap Steel and play all this, you know, it was, he was incredible. It was like really inspiring. So that really inspired me to move and really start studying down on the country stuff. Legend also has it that you missed out on the uh, Marilyn Manson gig because you were late to the audition. Is, is that true? Well, here's exactly what happened. Okay. I heard that Manson was looking for a guitar player and this was after Daisy left right and I remember I was in my apartment in uh, Calabasas and I picked up the phone and I forgot how I got the number but I got the number and then they gave me the number to the studio in New Orleans and so I called the studio in New Orleans and I asked you know I heard that you guys are looking for you know a guitar player my name is John all of that, and they uh, and all they said is we found somebody and hung up, and that was it. That was how that happened. Okay. So now, yeah. what? So what led to you eventually joining the band? Well, I really liked Marilyn Manson. I you know appreciated the music and I loved the the whole concept and it was just really intriguing to me. So I always was a fan. And when I was playing with Halford, we were you know uh, our record that we had out was under Nothing Records, which was Trent Reznor's label and worked with Marilyn Manson, obviously. And um, so we were touring overseas, and Manson was touring overseas, and we got a chance to do a show with Manson, and I was really excited and uh, to see him, you know, uh, to see him perform, because I never got a chance to see him perform. And uh, sure enough, something happened, and they canceled the, the show. 
and I think why they canceled the show was, you know, they said the drummer got mono, and that they were just having problems with the guitar player, you know. Right. And so I was coming home from Germany, and I flew in, and I was opening my door, and my phone was ringing, and it was Tony Siula from... Uh, he manages Manson and said, you know, we're looking for a guitar player. Would you like to come have lunch, you know, with me and Manson? And I was like, absolutely. And so I remember meeting Manson and he had the David Lee Roth album that I did in his back seat and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we met that day for lunch and, uh, you know, he pretty much gave me the gig right there uh, at that lunch. Were you experimenting with makeup and stuff before Marilyn Manson or, or oh, was oh, yeah. it? Okay, because, you know... Always, always. You know, even when you look at the old Halford pictures and stuff like that, yeah, I was I was so into that. You know, I was wearing eyeliner in eighth grade, you know. What was it like working in Marilyn Benson's band? Was he a dictator? He, um, he knew exactly what he wanted and how he wanted it to sound, and, you know, he was so, you know, every little thing had to had to go through him, which was you know which was great you know he was very very on top of everything he would never sit back and go ah, okay sounds good so it was um he was very involved and very smart you know so it was a, a pleasure to be around him I, I learned a lot about recording and um you know a lot about songwriting and everything we had uh, a great time and it was such a great experience being in the band how was it going from that to working with rob zombie well i went from katie lang to uh halford and david lee roth and then david lee roth and halford to manson and then manson to zombie but it was um you know it's it's i love it because i can you know i appreciate all that music so it's uh you just you know, because I was such a zombie fan for such a long time, and I knew his stuff, and I knew what he liked and what he didn't like, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I get along with anybody better that I've ever played with than Rob. I mean, we're, you know, it's just, we love the same thing, and we have great work ethics, and it's just a dream come true, you know, being in his band. If you had to choose, however, one type of music, country music, or the heavy stuff, what would you do? I would definitely say the heavy stuff because when I'm on stage with the heavy stuff, you know, it's just, it's just a whole different animal. You know, it's just, it's it's incredible. There's no feeling like it in the world when you, you know, when you come out and you're playing, you're opening up with, you know, a zombie song and the crowd's just going nuts or, you know, it's there's no feeling like it in the world. and. I remember, you know, we played a bunch of shows with Rob, and I, I remember saying, God, I, I don't get sick of playing, you know, Thunderkiss 65 or More Human Than Human. You know, I just don't yeah. get sick of it. And that was the same in Manson. I didn't get sick of playing Beautiful People. You know, it was a pleasure. And uh, so I would definitely say rock music. So now we come to the portion of the interview where we have our music radar questions from readers. Okay. And uh, let's see here. J5 Bigsby says, Hi, John. My question is, what distortion and amp are you using for your telly and your DVD? 
Uh, I am using a Marshall uh, Mode 4, and I'm just using a Super Overdrive, a Boss Super Overdrive a tuner, a Boss tuner, and a noise suppressor. Very, very simple rig. I don't like to have a lot of effects, so I like kind of like tried to keep it as, as minimal as possible. So that's what I, I'm using on the uh, DVD. A reader named Lizard says, I was checking out your official page. I see you're pretty busy on, on touring clinics around the U.S. Would you plan some clinics in, the, in uh, Europe? Uh, actually, I really need to go to Europe and do clinics. I'm thinking of maybe going to do shows in overseas. So, yes, I'm definitely going to get over there sometime and uh, really excited to meet everybody and, you know, come up and say hi. A reader named Googly Moogly <laughs> says, uh, I'm really looking forward to Requiem. I've been playing guitar for two years now, and I'm thinking about starting a band, but the guitar I have is a load of crap. I would love to, I would love to cover the guitar in lighter fluid, set it on fire, and throw it over a cliff. Do you think you could help me out and get me a better guitar? Well, it's funny, because during the clinics, what I'm going to be promoting, I'm... They have these guitars made by Fender called Squire, and that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about. You don't have to have a, you know, $1,000 guitar to, to play good. You know, these are $200 guitars, and I'm going to pick one up and play, you know, my songs with it. And, you know, that is what I'm going to be, um, you know, going to be doing on the clinics. You don't, and this is a $200 guitar. You can't even get a nice, uh, you can't even go to a nice dinner for under, you know, $200, so. Uh, let's see here. Amy Grail says, what are your ordinary days schedule when you're on tour and when you're not? That's a good question. I usually, you know, wake up on my own. I don't have, you know, I try, I try to get as much sleep as possible, which is very important to me. I just like to feel good and things like that so the way I do that is I get sleep and then I'll get up play guitar I usually have little routines I'll like you know just try to learn something practice it write I just love to play guitar as much as I can before we have our bus call at probably you know three o'clock or something like that we go to the venue sound check and then we have uh, um, probably about you know three hours before we hit the stage and so I usually just play and hang out with the guys up until then so there's a lot of guitar playing in that time. A reader named Kiefer says you've worked with both Satriani and Vi in the past have you ever discussed a G3 tour? Uh, I would love to do a G3 tour I'm, and the reason I don't because Vi and Joe are really, you know, they're really good friends of mine, and I just really respect them a lot. I just, I try to follow everything they do in in their lives because they've done it, you know. And it's it's so funny, like when your parents say, "Ah, don't do that or don't do this," because I've done this, you know. I know what to do. I know, you know, the and and the kids are usually like, "Yeah, you don't know," but like. I look at Vi and Joe Satriani that way because they've done it. I try to, like, really, whenever they talk to me, I listen so much and try to 
take in as much information as possible. So I really respect them. But yeah, I would love to do a G3 one time, but you know, I've been so busy with zombie and stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, which I'm very fortunate to be busy. So, um, you know, maybe one year, yeah, we would do it. it I think it'd be great. Chip Wilde says, what effects did you use on Vertigo? There's a lot of crazy sounds on that record. And also, any advice for playing out of the box? Um, I always play out of the box. That's, you know, what I love to do. And I, um, the effects I used, I've used a electro-harmonics-based mic- micro-synthesizer on Vertigo. And I also used uh, a Boss analog delay. And so, you know, I like using those kind of things um, on Vertigo. There was also some cool, crazy chorus stuff and, uh, you know, things like that. I just, um, you know, loved messing around with effects. And, you know, the next record I didn't use as many effects, and then Devil Knows My Name, I didn't use hardly any. So it was a good... uh, it, it, it was a good mixture. So I like to play with effects sometimes, but not all the time. Freck89 says, what do you prefer playing, being in a band or doing your solo stuff? Well, if I had a choice, I would definitely do both. You know, I would definitely want to do both. And uh, so, you know, that's what I'd like, you know, just to have the ability to do, you know, a band and the instrumental thing, because you have the best of both worlds. A reader named Ferry asks, not a guitar question, but what is true love? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I think true love is just being happy in life and, and you know, being able to appreciate certain things and, uh, and things like that. You know, I think, like, being able to play guitar and being able to you know, be with my, you know, girlfriend and just, you know, enjoy life. I think that's true love to me, you know? Well, John Five, thank you very much for spending some time with me. Great, thank you. This is Joe Basso from Music Radar, the place for music makers. I've been speaking with John Five, and again, thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Bye-bye.